The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. Welcome to the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. We've got a fantastic program in store for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about the late Ed Schultz, gentleman who uh, was on MSNBC, was a football analyst, sports commentator, played in the CFL, and I believe at one point he had the second largest syndicated talk show behind Rush Limbaugh. So, uh, of course, Ed Schultz passed away a few years ago, and we had an impromptu conversation with Josh Swanson. He's an attorney, and we just kind of, and I didn't realize he worked for Ed Schultz, and so we had a little sidebar conversation. I know Ed personally. I knew Ed personally. worked for worked with him and for him for a number of years, and learned quite a bit from him as well. So. I hope you enjoy that conversation. Then we talk a little bit about the NFL draft as well. Marcus Epps and Easton Stick. Marcus Epps from the University of Wyoming and Easton Stick from North Dakota State University are kind of the centerpieces of the draft because, quite honestly, that's where our radio listening audience is. Wyoming, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Minnesota. So we talk a little bit about some of those athletes from that area that were drafted. All right, I tell you what, I, I want to get right into the conversation with Josh Swanson. So let's get right to it. This is Josh Swanson, and this is Jason Spees here with the Multimedia Week in Review. And you're listening to Josh Swanson. Josh Swanson, Vogel Offer. All right, thanks for joining the program today. We got kind of a, a two for one interview here today because uh, Mr. Swanson. Not only at Vogel Law Firm, but he does the uh, Bison Podcast, and I, I can't... Is that the name of it? What's the name of the podcast? I apologize. The Bison Illustrated Podcast, and then the uh, the terrestrial radio version, Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM, The Fan. And, and oh. I should add, the, the award-winning Heard It Here with Swanee, we found out a couple of weeks ago, the program actually won a, a Severide Award, so... A neat thing for for the program in its first year to to be recognized like that, and we certainly appreciate all the folks out there listening to both the podcast and the radio show. Wow! So you, this is like legendary for me because you know I've I've also won a Severide and a uh, Severide award and a uh, Marconi award as well uh, through the same radio affiliates that uh, you were on uh, that your your program's on. And uh, good c- congratulations, by the way. That's outstanding. I mean, this is you. Did, did you realize that um, you know you're kind of doing that multimedia thing where you're really stretching your podcast into radio programs and extending the the reach and the distribution? I mean, that's that's fantastic. And also a magazine too, right? Yeah, and, and that's one of the thing. I know you and I have talked about it uh, uh, several times before with different platforms and content and where media is going in the. 21st century here but you know a couple of years ago with the podcast a lot like you did that that's what i was thinking having listened to a lot of podcasts invested in the equipment myself and and i'm you know an old radio guy the year between college and law school i actually worked for kfgo and learned how to use the boards and the audio equipment so i edit 
my own podcast, and it, it really grew from there, having written a column for Biden Illustrated for the, uh, oh, I think 11 years, 12 years that there has been a Bison Illustrated magazine writing since day one, but then taking that next step into the podcast, which led into the weekly radio show on The Fan, which has turned into just a bunch of appearances on, on the KFGO family of networks. And, and I've really enjoyed it. And I'll tell you, the listeners out there hearing our voices right now, it's some pretty high-octane, high-octane powered radio with a couple Severide Award winners. And I don't have a Marconi yet or anything, but yeah, it's just uh, knowing the background of Eric Severide, Velva, North Dakota guy, one of uh, Edwin R. Murrow's boys covering World War II is, is a history major. It was it was uh, extra special for me and, and especially loving North Dakota, being born and raised here to to win one of those certainly wasn't expected and the, the station put the show up for it. But yeah, I share that same passion as you do, Jason, with different media platforms, whether it's podcasting, the radio or uh, the Bison Illustrated magazine that we do, which is now fully digital, too, so listeners can go to uh, the Issue website, that's I-S-S-U-U, and the fully digital, downloadable version of the Illustrated is uh, free up there as well. I think this is, by the way, you just real, I just realized how great of a guest you are for my entire radio listening audience, which is about a five-state area. I've got affiliates in eastern Wyoming, eastern Montana, North Dakota, and then, of course, that bleeds into Minnesota, and then as well as South Dakota down in the Black Hills. And I, Jack Michaels, of course, 740 The Fan. He's uh, probably won many national and, and uh, state awards as well. He's going to go into the Hall of Fame without a doubt if he's not already there. Um, I would text him from, like, uh, different parts across the you know the upper midwest they'd be like booming in belfouche you know and uh because i would pick up 740 the fan all the way out in the black hills all the way out in eastern montana so to our listening audience out there uh what time is your program on in on 740 the fan because sometimes you know like i say in the car and everything out in the black hills and in the badlands i can pick up 740 the fan way across the state because you guys are out of fargo right that's where the signal's out of is fargo yeah, that's, that's what Jack likes to say. You know, Jack is a Williston guy, an old Williston coyote, and the, the triple towers of power out of Fargo <laughs> on 25th Street. And heard it here runs. We're working on some things that we, we hope to announce here in the, the next month or so. But right now, heard it here runs in the fall for football season from 8 to 9 in the mornings on, on 740 AM, the fan. Uh, the podcast, we do the weekly podcast, which is on iTunes. Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud, and, and listeners can also check that out at bisonillustrated.com. And, it, and it's uh, the, the stretch, and, and again, you and I, Jason, have talked about this, the power of digital media and podcasting, where I'll have, I'll have attorneys who have been practicing in Vogel, a few of them who just got their 40-year uh, practice recognitions from the State Bar Association within the last few years, they listen to podcasts, and they'll ask me what podcasts I'm listening to. And when I'm traveling out in western North Dakota, in fact, the last time, you know, and I'm not just doing the promotion for your program because obviously we're a sponsor and part of that, but just to let listeners know how this pays off, I had a call already from a gentleman in western North Dakota dealing with the Lake Minerals case that we visited about last time looking for representation, and he got my name because he heard me on one of the posts that you had put up on social media with our last interview. So I, huh. I certainly appreciate that. And that's, you know, that it's one of those things you and I talking on the phone right now, the, the reach 
and the number of people it's getting out to has already led to declines for me. So I can speak to that, and we certainly appreciate what the Crude Life Network's doing. Mr. Josh Swanson, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a quick pause. We come back, we'll continue the conversation with Josh Swanson with Vogel Law Firm and the North Dakota State NDSU Bison Illustrated Podcast. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Welcome back to the Baltimore Media Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Josh Swanson, attorney for Vogel Law Firm and host of the North Dakota State NDSU Bison Illustrated podcast. And so it's good to hear about the social media, too, because our social media is like 350,000 when you put our network together. We've got 50,000 in the Bakken, another you know 100,000 down in Texas, some 80,000 out in the Marcellus, and, and you know all these different shale plays, and you put them together, and Twitter, and YouTubes, and all these different things. So um, we call that our um, ecosystem act of activity. So it's an ecosystem of energy activity. And um, that's interesting to know that uh, it was a social media post and that alerted them to the audio interview or whatever we have going on here. So uh, great. And that's exactly what you, you've built instinctively. That's what I'm getting at is that essentially you're, you're taking the same content, but you're putting it through magazine and a podcast and a radio show. Am I, am I correct on that? I, I think the perfect word you used, Jason, was ecosystem because I think there's a a train of thinking that between the old school traditional radio, which both you and I love and have a passion for, along with the podcast, it doesn't have to be an either or. So I, I know for me, a lot of times when I'm working during the day or doing phone calls or interviews, I like to, to catch up on the news that would be uh, on the, the normal radio stations by listening to the podcast when I'm driving into work or driving home from work or even driving to and fro for meetings during the day. So I think that's the perfect word as an ecosystem. And that's, 
you know, it's mutually reinforcing, and that's what we've looked to do with the different channels of content we've created, whether it's the radio show, the podcast, and, and then the, the magazine and the website. We have that buysanillustrated.com. So the, the more different channels of, of content and distribution platforms that somebody can have, that's, that's what appeals to me and where I think we're on the same page, how valuable it is to get the message out there because whether it's, you know, someone like my grandpa or my dad maybe driving the, the, the pickup in central North Dakota between fields or driving out in Alexander or Tioga or Ray in western North Dakota or someone my age or even younger, the kids at, let's say, NDSU or Bismarck State's Energy Center of Excellence right now who might be learned to podcasting when they're, you know, I know for me when I'm running at the, the YMCA getting my miles in every day, I've got a podcast on and I'm catching up. And, and I think there are so many advantageous platforms for, for whether it's you or me to reach listeners and tell the story, especially in the oil and gas industry and the work you're doing and the work we're doing at Vogel Law Firm, where it really is cutting edge stuff. It really is cutting edge stuff. And the, and the time to get in on it is right now. I think so, too. By the way, Josh Swanson, Vogel Law Firm, on the line with us. I know you're probably thinking, okay, why is an attorney talking about media? Well, he's got a background in it. uh, What years did you work at KFGO, did you say? I was at KFGO right after I graduated from NDSU in the spring of 05. I I spent a year working for the big redhead himself. So uh, Eddie Eddie Schultz took me in. Yeah, Big Ed took me in, and I, I learned how to do a soundboard. Uh, folks will remember Tank McNamara. He had left for another opportunity, and, and Ed was looking for a new guy, and it just so happened. I, I planned to take a year off between college and law school and was kind of working somewhere where it was kind of just a temp thing for a year, and Ed heard about that. So I worked for him for about, uh, I think, 14 to 18 months, but then as I was going through law school, I'd, I'd come back, and he'd have me doing random projects, and working on different things for him, and, and I'd fly back to Fargo and fill in uh, during law school breaks on his show, running the boards, and helping to produce the show and come up with content. So I really got a, a firsthand, uh, you know, doctorate-level education in radio from, from Ed, seeing how he did it every day, and I think there's different things I learned from him. And, and obviously there's never, whether folks loved him or hate him, Ed, Ed was you know, really, really good at radio. Oh, he was fantastic. I don't know that, I don't know that though. Yeah, I, and I don't know that there will ever be another Ed Schultz, but I just learned a lot of things for that uh, 14 or 18 months every day sitting next to him in the studio and how he did things. So that's kind of how I grew up in the radio uh, business and then just stay passionate about it. And especially for someone like me, the, the real interesting thing is as many miles as I put on driving to Western North Dakota or flying all over the country for oil and gas related things, you know, I'm, I'm listening to podcasts and I'm listening to the radio all the time. So just different things that a guy picks up on. And, and you really, you know, what Ed used to always say, you know, he, he obviously had the TV show, but his, his comment was it gets in your blood. And, and once radio and talk is in your blood, it's something that even though I'm a lawyer now, it's something I'm still really passionate about, and it's more than you know, just a hobby. Obviously, starting a podcast and a radio show and putting the time into it, but it's just such a great, great platform for telling stories. I'm going to put it out there right now. If there's anyone listening who would sponsor a uh, Ed Schultz story, either a documentary or a movie, I would gladly spearhead that. That would. Could you imagine? 
his life story on the big screen, that would be amazing. I mean, that man would make a boring football game seem like it was the Super Bowl just on the radio. His 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 tone and his his language and just his grasp of the game made made it exciting. Made eight, you know, four and four teams exciting to listen to on the radio. Do you remember that? I, I do, and, I, and I've got to share a story, uh, one of my favorite Big Eddie stories. I'll, I'll share it with the listeners, and here's the flavor for what, what a documentary could be, and there's probably hundreds of stories like this. I, I was out in Denver with Ed for a conference back in 2008. I had a break during law school, and I was out doing different things during the day, and Ed and uh, the couple other folks on his team were doing a few things, and the plan was to meet at John Elway's Steakhouse in Denver one night. So I, I get done with the meeting I'm at, and, and I go to John Elway's Steakhouse, and, and Ed and his wife Wendy and another guy on his uh, on his team are sitting there at a table, and I sit down, and they've all got these uh, these cat-like grins on their faces, and I'm thinking, you know, what are they grinning about? What is what is so you know darn funny going on? And Ed gives a head nod to a table next to us, and 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 sitting literally at the table next to us is Charles Barkley. So we're not going to say anything to him, interrupt his dinner, but he interrupts our dinner. So after about five minutes of sitting down, Charles Barkley walks up to the table and says, Big Eddie, my brother Big Eddie, Ed Schultz. And we're thinking, how does Charles Barkley know who Ed Schultz is? And this is before Ed had his MSNBC show. Big Eddie, I see you all the time on CNN, man. And it went on like that for 10 minutes where Barkley is just talking to us. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, are you kidding me? This is the round mound of rebound Charles Barkley just shooting the breeze with us. And he, you know, Charles buys us a drink and then, uh, you know, as, as says his farewell. The next day, we're at this big, uh, this, this grill and, and sports bar in downtown Denver for some radio thing. And Barkley walks in, and, and a lot of people in TV and radio are in this, this same restaurant. You know, people from CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, and you know, you've got advisors for a bunch of different political campaigns in there. And Charles Barkley walks in. And even for them, the record stops. They're thinking, holy cow, that's Charles Barkley. And we're sitting kind of in a corner off to ourselves, and the first thing Charles Barkley says, GD, man, Ed Schultz, I can't get away from you anywhere, brother. And everyone in that restaurant, you know, uh, John King, Dana Bash, Mark Penn, who was running, I think, Clinton's campaign at the time, they all whipped their heads around to stare at Ed, thinking, how in the hell does Ed Schultz know Charles Barkley? And then Barkley comes up to our table again, and it, it gave us a bunch of street credit, you know, because Charles Barkley, the first thing he does when he walks in is, is uh, beeline it for Ed Schultz, and that's just what a... Many stories, but yeah, I mean, I could talk all day about that, but yeah, that would be a fantastic documentary. Wouldn't it be? I mean, Ed, Ed, Ed Schultz, of course, I was going to mention, we should probably say who he, it's hard to say what he's noted for because most people might know him from MSNBC, but he also was on, uh, was it Russian TV or Real TV or whatever it was at the end, um, uh, RT TV, and then he was yeah. on, um, he did a lot of political stuff. And what, one of the things that we were talking about the other day with Derek Hansen, who's uh, program director now at uh, KFGO, one of our, our former alumni of, of radio, uh, he, he, of course, he knew Ed Schultz very well, Derek Hansen, Mr. Blonde. And he mentioned to me that um, 
Nightside. Do you remember the show Nightside that Ed used to do? It got like a 30 share, I mean, or something like that. It just got huge numbers. And it was just Ed. Whatever Ed did got ratings. And he just, he had so many different veins from sports to politics to his personal life to his hunting and fishing to didn't he own a cabin up in, in, in Ontario? Um, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, he bought one too. So, I mean, he had a lot of really interesting veins of life, but he he excelled in like a lot of areas. That's what I mean. He's a really good story. He's a, He'd be a really good movie. I think that's, you know, uh, Ed doesn't get enough credit for that. He, he was very, very business savvy. Mr. Josh Swanson, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a quick pause. We come back, we'll continue the conversation with Josh Swanson with Vogel Law Firm and the North Dakota State NDSU Bison Illustrated Podcast. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. Historic. The first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative. The cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. With construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Speece on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Speece, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Speece. Welcome back to the Baltimore Media Cafe. We can review. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Josh Swanson, attorney for Vogel Law Firm and host of the North Dakota State NDSU Bison Illustrated podcast. I think that's, you know, Ed doesn't get enough credit for that. He, he was very, very business savvy and very sharp, and he, he had his hand in a lot of things, you know, that TV show he, he more or less made happen along with, you know, James Holmes, another old KFGO guy who's at MSNBC working for one of the shows there as an executive producer. Ed didn't have anything handed to him. He, he went out and worked for it, and he had not just a fishing, you know, cabin. He had his own resort that he bought and turned into a business. You know, he had a, a construction company going on for a while. He had his radio show, which... You know, toward the end of his national syndication days, it was up to, I think, like 120 or 130 stations across the country that he was an owner of. He had uh, Rush Limbaugh, as I think former producer or one of the VPs at Clear Channel who was working for Rush, came over and uh, was involved as a business partner in helping Ed start his national radio show, which he ultimately grew. I mean, how many people have enough savvy in the cutthroat world of, of network television cable news that was able to parlay a national show 
into his own TV show and the, the number of things he had his, his hand in and, and just the, the stories that, that he would tell and what he had saw and, and the, you know, the news and views on KFGO and then the bringing the high school sports to the upper Midwest on TV and, of course, his days calling. One of the most interesting conversations I've ever had with Ed, he flew me out to 30 Rock because I hadn't been out there yet and he was doing his national TV show and he calls me one day and says, Swan, we haven't had you out to 30 Rock. You know, why don't you come by this week, meet me at the, the airport in Detroit Lakes. He had a private jet. So I meet, I meet him there, and we spend the better part of the, the flight into Teterboro talking about the North Dakota State days and his experiences calling games for the Bison and then the fallout when he left the Bison to go to UND and what happened there. And, and, and a lot of people don't know, he paid attention all the way up until, you know, he's doing his national TV show. We were talking about those first few, I think it was about 2012 when I was out there, we were talking about the 2011 national championship team and the days when you know Don Morton and Rocky Hager and, and Earl Solomonson used to coach the Bison football team. We're talking about this as we're flying into Exeter. We're flying into New Hampshire. Ed's got a private interview with Joe Biden when Biden was the VP at uh, that Phillips uh, Exeter Academy or whatever it is up there. So they just have a big town hall, and when it's done, it's Ed and Biden one-on-one sitting there on the stage doing an interview for MSNBC. And I'm, I'm the guy glued to the wall thinking, are you freaking kidding me? And on the uh, flights there and back, we were talking about North Dakota State football and, and the local days. And that's something that, you know, he kept an eye on for, for many, many years after leaving the local market. For those people listening who want to maybe sponsor or, you know, have – kick a few bucks to uh swanee you want to work on the project because because it sounds like you'd be pretty good at it um we, we would definitely use the lens that ed schultz at least from from my perspective ed schultz was probably one of the most passionate people i've ever met and when you say you know love him or hate him i i i see him as just being a passionate person and the yeah the reaction of whether you love or hate him comes from that passion does that make sense to you it does, and, and, and you know, I, Ed was always good to me. I mean, I saw both sides of the coin. I was sitting in the in the control room next to next to James Holm at uh, MSNBC, where Ed uh, got got a little mad. Uh, let's just put it that way. The guy <laughs> Ed never running, got a little running, mad. <laughs> and, and, and not only did he get mad, so the guy running the teleprompter it was like his first day, and a teleprompter thing looks like uh, one of those balls on a golden tea machine. And the guy goofed it up, and, and Ed was such a perfectionist. If, if you didn't know any better, no one watching on TV would have known that Ed slipped up, that Ed knew, and, and he had that high of a demand on him and his team where he lost it on the teleprompter guy, and someone in the control room had tipped off uh, NBC Global's management. So when we got – Ed had this, his own big office space and suite in 30 Rock, and when we got back to the studio, there's Phil Griffin, who is uh, the, the head of the NBC News division, waiting to, to let Ed have it for, for him, for Ed losing his cool. And it comes from that passion and just the, the expectations he put on himself. And, and like I said, he was always good to me, but uh, I, know, I know what you're talking about because he was, he was fiercely driven. He was a competitor, and, and he had a little bit of um, that fiery side, too, that, that could come out from time to time. And, and I think that's a big part of the reason why he, he moved the needle and he knew – Knew how to move the needle, and it was just such a there's such a wonderful experience. Uh, kind of cutting my teeth, my first job out of college, 
working for him and and uh, you know the legacy he left behind in especially here in North Dakota and, and you know nationally folks can say what they will about it but those of us who are familiar with the uh, radio and media in the state of North Dakota and the Red River Valley certainly there's no one like him at all that's done it up here so we should transition into um talking a little bit about a few of the NFL players that got drafted. That was one of the reasons why we wanted Mr. Swanson to come on. I'm looking at the time here, and uh, this this turned into an impromptu uh, tribute to Ed Schultz, which uh, actually I, I, I'm enjoying this because I love the idea of actually doing a, a documentary or movie on it because I think he's actually – it would have so much national appeal – that it would it would surprise people. I, I don't I don't think people nationally would really understand how much passion he had, and over the body of his work in life, it was a lot more good than bad. It was much more good than bad. And I I, I know what you mean. I saw the good and the bad, um, you know. But at the same time, I saw how it was all fueled by passion. It just was, and um, you know that competitiveness. But okay, let's get to uh, and Ed Schultz. Of course, he's called NDSU football. You do an NDSU podcast. You also, by the way, Vogel Law Firm. Josh Swanson. He practices law. A lot of minerals up in uh, the Bakken right now. So if anybody's looking for a uh, mineral attorney and wants to talk a little football, I guess this would be your guy. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about Easton Stick. I saw he got drafted. Is he the only Bison? Or I, no, three of them did three, right? Well, Easton was the only Bison draft that he was taken in the fifth round by the L.A. Chargers, but there were six other Bison, six, oh. that signed undrafted free agent deals or have a, a, an invite to uh, one of the rookie minicaps. So, you know, Robbie Grimsley, safety, is with the Saints. Darius Shepard, receiver, went to Green Bay. Bruce Anderson, stud running back with Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jalen Allison, a, a four-year staple at defensive back. Ended up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tanner Volson, nine-man football, Jason. Nine-man football, pride of Belfort, North Dakota, playing for Drake Animus. He's got a deal with the, the Los Angeles Chargers. Then Lance Dunn has a, an invite to the, the L.A. Rams a rookie tryout and training camp. They have seven guys with some sort of professional deals. What Easton did is incredible. There's very few programs that have their last two starting quarterbacks drafted. But to have six guys in NFL camps is just a testament to, to what Coach Kleiman was doing there, obviously, and now what Matt Entz looks to continue as the new head coach. I heard that uh, Philadelphia had the next pick, and they drafted a quarterback. I also heard there was very good speculation that Philadelphia wanted Easton Stick, who, of course, backed up Carson Wentz in college. Uh, did you hear that similar things, or, or did you hear anything else? If, if Carson, or excuse me, if Easton would have been on the board, if the Chargers went to take him with that pick, I would say it was a safe bet that the Eagles would have grabbed him. The Eagles ended up with the pick after Carson was taken, and they took the quarterback out of Northwestern in the in the Big Ten. Carson and Easton are our best buddies. You know, Easton was in Carson's wedding. Easton backed him up. He's, he's a mentor. They they text back and forth, and so when you talk about having a guy in the quarterback room in Philadelphia that understands Carson, has a good relationship, and, and can learn a lot in his own right being the, the number two or three quarterback in the Eagles quarterback room. That would have been that would have been a neat thing for both Carson and Easton, I think, and for Bison fans. But the, the opportunity Easton has now in, in Los Angeles for the Chargers backing up Phillip Rivers, who will be an NFL Hall of Fame quarterback, who's now at the tail end of his career to carry a clipboard 
for a couple of years here, then have an opportunity after Philip Rivers retires in you know two, three, four years, whatever it is. Uh, Easton is walking into a really, really good situation with the Chargers. Mr. Josh Swanson, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a quick pause. We come back, we'll continue the conversation with Josh Swanson with Vogel Law Firm and the North Dakota State NDSU Bison Illustrated Podcast. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. Meridian Energy Group, Inc.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Last night I went out drinking with my buddies at the press box bar. We drank until we could barely stand up and sing songs and play guitar. Y'all, things got pretty rowdy. I got home about a quarter to four. I promised myself this morning I wasn't drinking anymore. But now I'm back at the bar again Hanging out with all my rowdy friends Getting drunk and singing redneck songs I'll probably stay here, baby, all night long Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Josh Swanson, attorney for Vogel Law Firm, and host of the North Dakota State NDSU Bison Illustrated podcast. Is that kind of how, how it's looking here? Is there anybody else that's, you know, competing right now for him? Or do they look at Easton Stick as, you know what, he could be the next starter or at least the next, you know, good backup type of a thing? I think that's exactly how the, the Chargers are looking at him. And, and, and I'll tell folks something about Easton Stick. He's a competitor. You know, Easton's not going to be content to carry a clipboard for his entire NFL career, and there, there's talk from draft analysts and experts that 
he's a guy that could be a long-term backup quarterback in the NFL. And, and folks that are saying that are going to have some crow to eat in a couple of years because Easton Stick is a fierce competitor. He's a hard worker, and he's going to the NFL to be a starting quarterback. So I, within the next few years, I think North Dakota State is going to have two starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Easton, Easton Stick is a, is a good quarterback in his own right. You have to be. I mean, if, if you think about it, Jason, Easton Stick is the all-time winningest quarterback in FCS history, and the two quarterbacks to play before him were Carson Wentz, who was the number two overall pick in the draft, and before him, Brock Jensen, who won three national championships and was the previous all-time winningest quarterback in NFL history. So Easton had some, some huge shoes to follow at North Dakota State, and, and not only did he, he do that, he established himself in his own right. He understands, you know, one of the things that the Chargers head coach was talking about yesterday was how impressed they were. They sent Easton a packet, uh, a mini playbook to, to get him familiar with it, and then they brought him in a few days after that to their facility in L.A. and had him diagram some plays, and what the Chargers head coach said was they were blown away by his his understanding of the concepts of what the Chargers are trying to do offensively and how he was able to diagram the plays they sent him and explain those on a whiteboard, just the, the gray matter and mental acuity for him to do that. That's something that you can be six foot four and have the, the biggest arm in the world as a potential NFL quarterback, but if you don't understand the mental side of it and how many decisions you have to make and process in a span of four seconds from your pre-snap reads to getting the snap to delivering the ball, the the firepower and horsepower you got to have inside your head to do that. Easton Stick might be the best quarterback drafted as, as far as that sort of understanding and sophistication goes, and I think that's why he's going to be a stud NFL quarterback. Well, that was one of the national reports I heard about him, and that was the reason why the Eagles were interested in him was not because he – was Carson Wentz's good friend, but that was a reason. Not because he was the most winning quarterback in FCS history, but that was a reason. But the main reason was because of his locker room presence, that he was a, a man of character and he had an intelligent head on his shoulders and they would rather have guys like that that seemed to be more solid and steady than, say, you know, a blue chip risk or, you know, um, a, a project or something like that when you get into those later rounds. So to me, that, that makes total sense. And I could see where um, the Chargers are going to really like him if he's a hardworking guy, I would think. And he's, uh, I'll tell you what, he's not going to get up in the flash and the sizzle of being an NFL quarterback, getting a bunch of money. The guy's going to be just like Carson, the first one to show up in the morning at the Chargers facility and the last one to leave at night. He's going to be the guy on the phone with the other quarterbacks and other offensive players at 11 o'clock at night or watching film at 2 in the morning. His work ethic is that intense, and on top of it, he is so well-respected by his teammates. Get this, he was voted a three-year captain. So from his sophomore year forward, his teammates, and that, that's rare at any level of football where you're voting for a guy to be your team captain as a sophomore, his teammates hold him in such high regard where, you know, he gets all these accolades, all this recognition, but he never let it go to his head and his teammates just respected the heck out of him for it. And if you talk to, you know, listeners in Western North Dakota will know the name Randy Hedberg from Newtown, North Dakota, NDSU's quarterback coach. Sit, sit down and listen to what Coach Hedberg or a coach Kleiman or a coach Ents has to say about Easton Stick, and, and just to hear the way a guy like Coach Hedberg, who was drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the 70s, 
you know, had a Hall of Fame career at Minot State, just what he has to say about Easton, I think, speaks volumes to, to what Easton Stick will bring to the L.A. Chargers. Josh Swanson, Vogel Law Firm, represents quite a bit of mineral rights in the oil and gas community, but also he has a podcast for his uh, favorite NDSU football team, North Dakota State football team. Of course, they've won seven champ- seven right championships in the last eight years, was it? Seven, yeah, that's correct. Seven national titles in the last eight years going back to yeah. 2011. In the one year they didn't win the championship, they lost in a tight game in the national semifinals. So they've been in the you know final four. Eastern Washington, FCS. controversial play. Back back in 2010, that one was a tight one too. You know, if it, it had it not been for Eastern Washington back in 2010, and then James Madison in, in ah, 2016, James Madison. North Dakota State could North Dakota State could have nine that's straight. Right. That's right. Champions. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, getting to uh, there, that's why we're talking football with a with a uh, high powered uh, um, oil and gas attorney here because he also does a uh, podcast and a radio program and writes a column for. Bison Illustrated, so the Bison Illustrated podcast, magazine, radio show. Um, heard it, Bison, it's called? Heard it here with Swanee on, uh, on 740 AM. And you know what? The, re- the real interesting thing, Jason, you'll, you'll appreciate this. When I'm in Oklahoma or Texas or wherever, and, and it, it, there's a, a legal proceeding involved or a meeting involving an oil and gas company, one of the things where we always find common ground, especially in Oklahoma and Texas, is talking college football because oh, there's so doubt. many passionate Big Twelve, Big Twelve fans and even SEC fans between you know OU, Oklahoma State, uh, UT and Austin, uh, Texas Tech, Texas A&M. You know they're an SEC school, but a lot of great college football fans in Oklahoma and Texas. And outside of our day jobs, it's fun you know visiting with these oil and gas guys because they're they're all about college football and they they know about North Dakota State. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. I'd like to thank you folks for joining us here this week. Also, Josh Swanson with Vogel Law Firm. Thank you very much for joining us here at the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. If you'd like to check out our full-length interviews or listen to the entire Swanson Josh Swanson interview, check out thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. You can check us out on Facebook and Twitter. YouTubes. We have all of the social media links available at thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media tab and the entire network is right there. 350,000 social media followers. And that's part of the Multimedia Cafe right here and the Crude Life Media Network. All right, from the staff here at the Multimedia Cafe, my name is Jason Spies asking you to savor life and enjoy the spice. After a hard week's Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. 
You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. 